Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 109-106 win over the Philadelphia 76ers. The Hawks get down by as many as 26 in the first half, but use a monster second half, including big fourth quarters from Trey Young and Lou Williams, to grab a 3-2 series lead as they head back to Atlanta. Without further ado, let's get into it. I still can't believe the Hawks came back again. It was just, they looked to be dead in the water at the end of the first half. Again, getting good looks, getting good shots on the basket that just weren't falling. And the 76ers had Joel Embiid and Seth Curry just absolutely balling. Uh, the Hawks, you know, could have been down by way more than the 18 that they were at the end of the third quarter. And they just came out, had a huge fourth quarter, and got a big win and claimed a 3-2 series lead as this series shifts back to Atlanta on Friday night. But let's go through this game, talk about how the Hawks got here. And at, at the beginning of the game, again, the Hawks were getting good looks. Joel Embiid came out like a man on a mission. He hit his first eight shots in this game um, and really seemed to take exception to the quote that Clint Capella had in the postgame of game four about how the Hawks, once Joel Embiid gets tired, then that's when you can start taking it to him. And Joel Embiid came in and was just inspired. The 76ers would ultimately lead 38-24 to 24 after one quarter. 38 points is way too many for the Hawks to give up in one quarter. But really, it's the offensive side of the ball that really hurts the Hawks at the beginning of these games. They're getting good looks, they're getting shots right at the basket, and they just weren't falling. Again... Coach Nate McMillan went with Kevin Herter in the starting lineup, and Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich would not have their best games. Bogdan would get a couple shots to fall in that first quarter, but otherwise those two were largely ineffective, and that 24 points seemed like it would be the low for the Hawks in this game. They would follow that up with just 16 points in the second quarter to only score 40 in the first half, and Again, the 76ers just sort of methodically built up this really big lead, getting it up all the way to 26 points. And the Hawks did a nice job of cutting it into it enough at the end of the second quarter to get to be within 22 going into the second half. The Hawks did a nice job of hanging in in the third quarter. In fact, they withstood a flurry from the 76ers after the Hawks had cut it to be under 20 points. The 76ers came right back, hit a couple of big threes from Embiid and Seth Curry. In fact, those two would be the only 76ers to make a field goal in the second half, but those two would hit threes. And the 76ers would push the lead all the way back up to 26 for a couple moments in the third quarter. But the Hawks would find their way back. And the big difference in this game was when Lou Williams came into the game at the end of the third quarter. He was really able to go after Seth Curry and was really able to get the Hawks into what they wanted to get into. Um, the 76ers second unit did not do a great job. In fact, I thought Aneka Kongwu in particular just destroyed the second unit. He had a couple of huge baskets. He just played eight minutes, but a couple of huge baskets and really nice defensive moments at the end of the third quarter and to start the fourth quarter as the Hawks tried to trim away at this 18-point lead that the 76ers had after three quarters. Now the fourth quarter, the second unit for the Hawks started it, and they started with a 7-0 run. Suddenly, this was an 11-point game. 11 points is nothing in the NBA. This is a real game, and Doc Rivers had to call a timeout less than two minutes into the fourth quarter. That 7-0 run would force Doc Rivers to put his starters in with about 10 minutes to go. And from that point on, 
the 76ers were relying on a lot of their starters to go a lot of minutes, and that really worked in the Hawks' favor. Eventually, the Hawks would be able to go back and forth with the 76er team. To the 76ers' credit, they didn't really crack immediately. It wasn't one huge avalanche from the Hawks. Instead, it was much more like a constrictor as the Hawks just kept getting closer and closer and whittling this lead down. They would get to under 10 points finally, and the 76ers would push it back up to 14. And it felt like it was at 14 for forever. And then the Hawks would slowly start getting good possessions, getting good uh, shots on the basket, and slowly chip into this lead until the 76ers still had about a 10-point lead with four minutes to go. And slowly the Hawks were able to chip away that lead. And I thought there was a really big moment with 320 left in the game, and you could just see how exhausted Joel Embiid was. The 76ers had been dancing around that entire stadium and had been so excited when they were building that 26-point lead. And it just got really, really quiet, as Trey Young is rot to do here in the playoffs. But that 76ers arena got really quiet, and you could see all of the 76ers tighten up. Seth Curry and Joel Embiid did an admirable job of trying to keep the Hawks at arm's length, but they just couldn't do it. And the Hawks just kept coming, kept coming, and eventually they got the lead on a on foul shots. Trey Young was able to get down the court. The Hawks were just down two. It was 104 to 102, and he had Matisse Thibel on him. Everyone knew in the stadium that Trey was going to try to take the lead on that. Trey used Matisse Thibel's defensive aggression against him, used a pump fake, got him in the air, and then drew three foul, th three free throws, which Trey would go on to to make all three, take a 105 to 104 lead. That would be the only lead change in this game, and the Hawks were really uh, on their way after that. They would ho hold serve. Uh, John Collins would have a massive block on the other end on uh, Tobias Harris, and then the Hawks would have the ball and get the ball to Danilo Gallinari, who went right over Seth Curry to put the lead up to three. And with 40 seconds left, well, actually with 17 seconds left, the 76ers had the ball and they got it to Joel Embiid. He drove right at the basket. He got fouled and then he proceeded to miss two free throws that would have drawn the 76ers within three. And that was kind of the game. I felt like Joel missing those two free throws was really kind of him letting go of the rope and just kind of being frustrated that he had played a massive game. He had 37 points, 13 rebounds, and just got no help besides Seth Curry. Um, but he misses those two free throws. Trey's able to draw a foul, make two free throws to push the lead up to 109 to 104. And then Seth Curry hit a two-pointer as time expired for the final score of 109 to 106. But just a huge win. Just to see this team, this Atlanta Hawks team, continue to battle, that was one thing that was very clear through this entire game. They never gave up. There was never any like relaxation or frustration from this team. In fact, it was really amazing to see such a young team be so calm and composed, being down so much in the playoffs. I think having come back from big deficits already, even against the 76er team, is a huge part of that. But the Hawks never wilted. Again, they came out and they threw some punches in the third quarter. And the 76ers took all of those punches and had an 18-point lead at the end of the th third quarter. It didn't matter. Lou Williams was able to really take it to Seth Curry. I think that's something the Hawks really need to look at to see if how they can attack Seth Curry. Seth Curry was so good on the offensive side of the ball. He would finish with 36 points, 13 of 19 from the field, 7 of 12 on three-pointers. He was making everything. He was getting pump fakes, getting players in the air, doing a little sidestep and getting a three-pointer up. 
but you have to punish that on the other side. And I thought that the second unit with Lou Williams and Danilo Gallinari in particular were really able to go at Seth and force him to try to defend. And Lou Williams is used to going against guys that are way bigger than him. And so putting a like-size guy with Seth Curry, they were able to have a little back and forth, making shots in the fourth quarter. But Lou Williams sees Seth Curry, and as Shaq would say, that's barbecue chicken for uh, for Lou Williams. But Lou was magnificent. Again, I thought he brought a lot of really good energy. He really got the offense going early instead of kind of letting it get stagnant and let the 76ers set their defense. He got Nika Okongwu going. They had a nice little alley-oop. And Okongwu had a couple of nice, really good uh, screens he set for Lou Williams to help get spring Lou open to make some shots. But this was just a total team effort. And you look down at the box score, and Trey Young has 39 points. It, it didn't feel like he was pulling. He wasn't gunning for points or anything like that. He did get to the free throw line a lot, especially down at the end of the game where he was 17 of 19. But he just went in and played his game. John Collins continued his good play from game four. He had 19 points. Then off the bench, without Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich playing well, the Hawks were going to need a big, big push off the bench. And they got that with Danilo Gallinari and Lou Williams. But looking at these individual uh, matchups or these individual results for the Hawks, again, it starts with Trey, 39 points, um, two of six from the three-point line. He had one rebound, seven assists, three steals. Always a big uh, stat for Trey. He had just two turnovers and four fouls. I thought Trey was the most meticulous with his fouling of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had an awful game at the free throw line. He was just 4 of 14. And there were a couple times I even thought that the Hawks could be a little more aggressive trying to foul him as he went to the basket. But Trey Young did a nice job of mixing it up. He went and helped down on it. Joel Embiid a lot. And I thought it was just a very masterful game from Trey Young. John Collins got to play 36 minutes. JC just had one foul in those 36 minutes, and he had that nice block at the end of the game. It may have been the biggest play of the game, him hitting that block on Tobias Harris. He also had a huge banked-in three-pointer in the fourth quarter that kept the Hawks in it as the uh, Sixers would not go away, as the Sixers were kept kept matching the Hawks shot for shot. But uh, John had a nice banked three in the fourth quarter. He was 7 of 12 from the field, 3 of 4 on his three-pointers. Again, JC, shoot threes. You're good at them. Um, he was just 2 of 4 from the free throw line for 19 points. He had 11 rebounds, an assist, 2 blocks, and again, just that one foul. Bogey, rough game for Bogdanovich. He was 3 of 9 from the field, 0 of 4 on his 3-pointers for just 6 points. He has 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 5 fouls. He really got the rough end of the uh, refing stick. He just couldn't find his way on defense and... He had a really nice steal that kept the Hawks in it, and I thought he's he he always plays really hard, but he just couldn't find his offensive footing. Capella, Capella played 38 minutes, 3 of 8 from the field for 6 points. He had 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and 5 fouls. And then Kevin Herter, 27 and a half minutes. He did not get on the uh, get, get in the scoring ledger, but he had 2 rebounds, an assist, a block, uh, 4 fouls. He was a team low, minus 23. On the bench... Danilo Gallinari and Lou Williams combined for 31 points. The Hawks bench would outscore the Philadelphia bench 34 to 30. No, 39 to 13, excuse me. Um, and that Lou Williams and Danilo Gallinari were a huge reason for that stat. Gallo was 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 4 on his three-pointers. He had 8 rebounds and 4 fouls. I think the Hawks will go more to the John Collins, Clint Capella, 
Um, Danilo Gallinari front court, it has been very effective against the 76ers and just forces the 76ers to have to guard everyone um, on the other side of the ball. I think sometimes the Hawks can get complacent and not go after someone like Seth Curry. And when the Hawks have that big front court, it really doesn't allow the 76ers anywhere to hide Curry. For Lou Williams, played 22 and a half minutes, was a team high plus 31. That's a game high plus 31. And he was just getting whatever he wanted. His first half wasn't particularly good, but Lou Williams was out there playing defense. He was out there shooting the ball, getting to his spots. I thought he just had a really nice sense of when to push it and when the team needed him to just control tempo. But Lou Williams was completely in his element, whether he was shooting threes over Dwight Howard, getting his floater working, or even hitting three-pointers. Lou would end the game with 15 points, two rebounds, um, three assists, two steals, and again, that game high plus 31 really, I thought, was emblematic of how well Lou Williams played. Oneka Kangwu, I mean, what more can we say about the rookie? He came in, he had eight minutes, he had scored six points, had five boards, two of them offensive, one steal, and one block. He just continues to get better as the season goes on. He's really formed a nice little chemistry with Lou Williams. He had an awesome putback uh, layup in the fourth quarter, and Aneka just continues to be strong. They even played him on Embiid a little bit. So it's just been extremely encouraging to watch Aneka Kongu continue to grow. Solomon Hill got some playing time with uh, Lou Williams. I mean, with Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich struggling. He played 12 and a half minutes, was one of two from the field, and just one foul. I thought it was a really nice stint from uh, Solomon Hill. He didn't push anything. He did try a pretty ridiculous um, shot where he threw it over his head. He wasn't even looking at the basket, trying to draw a foul on Joel Embiid. But very good minutes from Solomon Hill. He didn't try to do too much. He was getting to the basket. His one basket was a nice little pass where he kind of got behind all of the defense and then was able to just make a layup. Um, Tony Snell came in, just played three minutes. 0 of 1, his one shot was a three-pointer, so happy with his stint. As long as Tony Snell is being aggressive from the three-point line and, and playing his really good defense, he had a nice strip on one of the Sixers players that helped move and keep the Hawks connected as much as connected over to being down over 20 can be. But if Tony Snell's going to come in and give defense and, and be aggressive shooting his three-pointers, that's all I'm going to ask from that guy. On the Sixers side of things, this was a Joel Embiid and Seth Curry show. Embiid, 37 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Seth Curry, 36 points, um, 7 rebounds, 2 steals. He was able to get anywhere. He was even making layups. He made Trey Young look silly a couple of times. Um, there was in the fourth quarter when Seth Curry and Trey were going back and forth. Seth was really taking it to Trey and getting to the basket and hitting his three pointers. Um, ben Simmons had a tough game, 8 points. Again, just 4 of 14 on the free throw line. There was a kind of embarrassing moment for 76ers as uh, Ben hit two free throws in the fourth quarter and the entire crowd like got on their feet and cheered as if this was some amazing occurrence. But Ben just can't find his free throw stroke right now. He did have nine assists, a steal, a block. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Doc Rivers uses his uh, big point guard going forward. Korkmaz started again for the 76ers. He had eight points, five rebounds, one assist. And then Tobias Harris had his worst game of the series. Four points, two of 11 from the field, four rebounds, three assists. He looked like he was upset at the end of the game with Doc Rivers, um, but Tobias Harris just couldn't get it working. I thought a lot of that had to do with John Collins going at him on the other side of the ball. I thought the Hawks made a, a concerted effort to get John Collins going early. JC was kind of carrying the team. 
He was a big part of why the Hawks were even like close after the first half, but Tobias Harris had a tough time. And then the Sixers bench just bench squad had nothing. Tybalt chipped in with uh, six points. Shake Milton had five points. George Hill has been a big zero. He had two points. He missed a couple of open three pointers. He did go right through Trey Young, but I thought Trey Young played some really good defense when George Hill tried to body him, and George Hill just made a tough shot. But the 76ers just didn't get a lot from their bench. As uh, we talked about, they were outscored 39 to 13, the bench squads compared to each other. One thing that I would like to talk about just in regards to the Hawks and how they won the previous game versus this game. In game four, the Hawks were able to get 101 shots up. They were back down to 85 for this one. Um, the Hawks only got 26 three-pointers up. I think if they can are able to crank both of those up, that'll do a much better job of helping the Hawks get an easier win, not making it be as dramatic as it has to be. Um, the Hawks are certainly capable of getting uh, 43 pointers up, of getting 100 shots up, and a lot of that falls on Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who didn't have big games. Bogdan is not going to shoot fewer than 10 three-pointers. That's just not going to happen in the future. Um, but the Hawks have to find ways to keep their shot count high. I thought they did a nice job on the glass. They were out-rebounded 44-40, to but they did a better job on the offensive glass, getting 10 offensive boards compared to just 7 from the 76ers. Um, that led to 11 second-chance points for the Hawks compared to just 7 from the 76ers. Uh, again, I think this was an awesome comeback. It was an incredible comeback. But one thing that stood out on watching this game again is the Hawks certainly weren't perfect in, in their comeback. There were times that they missed open shots. There were times they gave up open shots to Seth Curry, who had been just going wild, had one of his best games again with 36 points. And they were still able to weather all of those and get a big win. So they're going to be coming home, playing the 76ers for game six. They're busting out the Martin Luther King jerseys in court again. Get down there early on Friday night. It's going to be rocking in State Farm Arena. And the Kettlecast will be here to talk about that game after that. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.